When I was in my late 20s, just a couple years ago, and <laughs> uh, actually eight, you know, around 28, 29, I had gone through really kind of a difficult season in my life and some, some things that I was just struggling through. And, and how many ever, ever go through difficult seasons and times in your life? How many can look back over some struggle seasons and you, you see what you learned and you see how you got through it? And, you know, I was in my late 20s, and so I, I was going through a difficult time in my life, and, and I just stopped one day and I asked my dad, I said, how do you get through difficult seasons in your life? You know, I was wanted to, his advice. And he looked at me and he says, well, every day I get up out of bed, I point my feet in the right direction, and I keep moving forward all day long, and I keep doing that every single day until I get through whatever it is I'm going through. They said, I just keep moving forward in the right direction direction. And that was his advice to me I, I, that over the years I've used that advice many, many, many times. And it's just sometimes you can't see clear to know what to do. So you just got to keep moving forward in the right direction, make right decisions, do right things every single day until you get through whatever it is you're going through. I, I've heard before about race car drivers that they're trained when there's a wreck in front of them, there's smoke and cars flying. They're trained to throttle through the smoke. They're trained just to keep going in, the, in that direction and press through it. And that's what my dad was saying to me. You see, the, the thing here is that you got to know what the right direction is. You got to know what the right direction is for your life. You got to be mindful of what it is, where God's called you, where God's placed you, you got to be mindful of what the right direction is. And what I found is if you know the right direction and if you're mindful, even the most difficult times in your life will not knock you off course for long. Because sometimes you get blindsided and you get knocked off course. But if you know the right direction, you'll get right back on course. If you don't know the right direction and you're not moving forward, they knock you off course and you can't find your way back. But I will tell you, if you live mindful of the right direction for your life, if you can live mindful of that, you'll get in through anything because you keep moving in the right directions. Colossians 3, say Colossians 3. I love that sound of that word, Colossians. That's a just a great, don't you love that? Uh, Colossians 3, verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You see, to be mindful, you have to set your mind on things above. You see, those who are followers of Jesus, hear me on this, those who are followers of Jesus are, are, are those that that. The right direction are the things that are above. What is the right direction for us as far? It's the things above. What he says here in Colossians, set your mind on things above. Don't set your mind on the things on this earth. Too many people are overwhelmed in life because they set their mind on the things of the earth, not on things above. You see, we're not to set our minds on things on the earth. We're to set our mind on heavenly and eternal things. Are you hearing me, church? 
Why do we do this? Why does Paul in Colossians tell us to do this? Verse 3 says, says, tells us why. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died. Is there, why do we set our mind on heavenly things? Because, he says, because you died. That's why. And our life now, we died, our life now is hidden with Christ, in Christ, with God. You see, what most people don't realize about being born again is you first have to die. You have to die to the old life. You have to die to the old me. Too many people in this day and age are caught up with me, me, me. What's best for me? Everything's about me. The Bible warns us about that, that in the last days, everybody will be lovers of self is what the Bible says. But you don't have to worry about that if you've died to self. Are you hearing me? You see, dying to the old person, dying to the old me, is the first part of being born again of the Spirit of God. Bill Johnson says this. He says, faith doesn't come through striving. Faith comes through surrender. Faith comes through dying to yourself. See, most people think faith, I'm going to do this. By faith, I'm going to do this. But see, faith comes by laying your life down to Jesus. Dying to self and now living my life through him who is in, who, through Christ, who is with God, living my life through him. Does that make sense to you? Galatians 3.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. um, There's, I want to say, two types of Christians. Spectator Christians and participant Christians. And I often think of this in light of a chicken and a pig at breakfast. How many know the chicken's a spectator? The pig, the pig is a participant. Does that make sense? I also look at this. I have been crucified with Christ. Because most people, most people look at Jesus has died for me. I'm a spectator. Jesus died for me. Some people look at him as Jesus died as me. And others look at it like, no, I was crucified with him on that cross. What I want you to hear this morning in this is we talk about the 30, the 60, and the 100-fold. The 30-fold is Jesus died. He died for me. I'm a spectator. Sixty-fold is, no, Jesus died as me. But if you want to be a participant with God, it's a hundredfold. No, I died with him on that cross. Are you hearing me, church? I have been crucified. We call this the crucified life. Say that with me, the crucified life. 
which is dying to the old nature, being born again of a new nature in Christ. You see, uh, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He goes, I die daily. I die daily. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't happen at once. It doesn't happen at the altar of salvation. It doesn't happen. It, it happens every single day. Why? Because the world is barraging you with stuff. No, come and pay attention. No, this is good for you. This is what you should do for self. Feed self. Feed me. And before long, man, we got to die again. We got to die daily. I have to be crucified with Christ daily. How many ever heard of A.W. Tozer? A.W. Tozer was a 19th century pastor and Christian author. And he said this, he said, many Christians talk about living the crucified life, but nothing in their lives indicate that they have begun the journey. There is much joy that they have been saved. They are so happy they're not what they used to be, but they cannot see what God wants them to be. You see, the bottom line is you can't become who God wants you to be until you quit being who you want to be. Am I hitting anybody home today? Does that hurt so good? <laughs> turn over. To, I told you to turn to Matthew 25. We're going to start at verse 1. What I want to talk with you about today is living mindful. Say living mindful. Last week we finished a nine-week series on the renewed mind and what I want you to do, this is kind of a capstone to the renewed mind, even though it's not technically part of that series. Uh, the renewed mind is a mind that is set on things above. Why, is the, why do we need a renewed mind? Because we, we need to die to self. We need to die to the things on the earth. And our renewed mind needs to think about and mind set on Things above. It needs to be set on heavenly things, not earthly things. Set on eternal things, not temporal things. The Bible tells us that the temporal things will, will gather rust and that they'll, they'll corrode and they'll die. And, and why, do we, why do we set so much value on the earthly things? He says, no, no, no. Set your mind on things above, those, those eternal things. Living mindful of things above is a life worth dying for. It's also a life worth living for. Did you hear me? So let's start reading. We're going to read in Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 1. This is, this is the parable of the ten virgins. And Jesus starts out in this in verse 1. He says, then the kingdom of heaven, now recognize right there, He's talking about things above. He's telling us what to set our minds on, okay? Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Look at somebody and say, this is not about ten virgins. This is about the kingdom of heaven. This is about things above. He's given us a parable, a story, so that we can see the things above that we are to set our minds on, okay? So verse 2, now five of them were wise. That word wise means mindful. 
The word wise means thoughtful or mindful. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. The word foolish means hard-headed. I'm going to live life my way. Ooh, right? That's what it means. Wise, mindful of the things above. Foolish, hard-headed. I'm going to do it my way. Verse 3. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Verse 5. But while the bridegroom was delayed, say delayed. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all, say all, they all slumbered and slept. Now here's what I want to point out to you that there. The wise rested after they had prepared. The foolish rested before they had prepared. Got it? Verse 6. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they were, went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, say ready, ready, those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the virgins came also, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13 tells us what he's talking about here. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Father, we ask you, Lord, today for an anointing upon these words and this message. Lord, that would, that would touch our hearts that would pry open our hearts. Lord, an anointing of your word that will change our lives forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus begins this parable by saying the kingdom of heaven is like. He's telling us here from the very beginning what we should all be mindful of, the kingdom of heaven. You see, the kingdom of heaven is our goal. The kingdom of heaven is our destination. I'm not talking about a, a land, you know, on the other side of Mars someplace. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven, which the Bible says is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where is it located? In the Holy Spirit. I'm glad I got some amen corners out there. The kingdom of heaven is what we should all be mindful of. It should consume our mind. It should consume us. Jesus said, seek first, what? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and all these things. All this other junk, all this other stuff that's going to rust and that moth's going to eat and all those things, all of that will be added to you. He says, be consumed with the kingdom of heaven. Be consumed with it. In this parable, I see three characteristics of those who are mindful of the kingdom. I'm going to say it again. There's three characteristics of people who, who are living mindful 
of the kingdom of heaven. You see, I believe that the, there are three characteristics. These characteristics are of people who are truly born again. These are characteristics of people that have a renewed mind and have set their minds on things above. These are three characteristics, I believe, of the crucified life. So the first thing, the first is those living mindful of the kingdom of God live full of the anointing. Live full of of the anointing. Verse 4 says, but the wise, or the mindful, remember that? The mindful took oil in their vessels with their lamps. You see, the wise kept their lamps full. They were mindful that the bridegroom might just be delayed. It may take time. I've heard all my life, Jesus is coming soon. How many know they heard that? The bridegroom's coming soon. The bridegroom's coming soon. So they, these kept their lamps full. The wise kept their lamps full. They were mindful and prepared and ready. You see, the oil in this parable represents the anointing. It represents the presence of God. It represents the Holy Spirit. The wise were full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Ephesians 5.18 says, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. I, I want to demonstrate to you, by the way, I'm wearing, we're, we're all wearing our new shirts today, and anybody that's on, uh, that's gone through a growth track, if you want a shirt, just see one of us, we'll get you a shirt, you know. But I'm wearing one of the kids' shirt because I want, I want to spread awareness of our kids' ministry. I am an old children's pastor. I am a children's pastor that got old. <laughs> but I want to demonstrate to you what the Bible says, what the Bible demonstrates and what the Bible calls full, okay? Because full according to the Word of God is different than the full that we know. Unfortunately, this is the way most people live their life. Empty. Empty. Now, I'm going to do something here. Uh, just, uh, I told everybody at the beginning, you know, Jesus, Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> and uh, I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it so you can see what I'm doing, but I'm not trying to turn water into wine. <laughs> Even though Jesus says greater things you will do, right? Can everybody see that better now? Okay. The, I know Jesus didn't do it that way. But, but see, most people live like this. They live empty. And, but then most people think it's fine to live. Yeah, I, I'm Okay half full, maybe someplace in between empty and half full. Maybe they think of half full as full and, you know, other people that are really hungry for God, they live like that and they, they say, man, I'm full. You see, and, and in the world we live in, that's full. But how many know in the Bible, in the Word of God, that's not full? That's not full. Let me show you what full is and what demonstrate to you what fullness is in the Word of God. This is fullness. Watch carefully. 
That's full. Never ending, never stopping, just a constant overflow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? I want you to use that. I want you to think about that because that's what the Bible refers to as being filled. It means being overflowing. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, he says, given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Your life is to be an overflow of what you're mindful of. Are you hearing me? If the kingdom of God is your focus, it's what it's all on. You'll be an overflow of the kingdom of God wherever you go. Can you hear me? You say, we want to be a river, not a lake, not a pond. Jesus tells us how to live full in John 5.15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I'm going to tell you what fruit is. Fruit is not, you know, creating a grape. And obviously, fruit is not just seeing people saved. Fruit is, an, is the overflowing presence of God, the overflowing goodness of God, the overflowing kingdom of God out of the, your mind that is set on his kingdom, overflowing to everybody around you. That's fruit. That's fruit. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides, that word abide is a verb. It means to stay constantly in me. It means staying constantly in him. My mind is set on him. Living mindful of the kingdom means actively pursuing Jesus. Actively, daily, all the time. You're, you're so overwhelmed with the presence of God. You're so overwhelmed with the mindfulness of his presence that everything else just kind of fades away. Actively pursuing the Holy Spirit, actively pursuing his presence. I want to challenge you today, church, to live mindful of his presence. Live mindful of his presence. The, sec the second thing that I see, second characteristic that I see here is living mindful and living mindful of the kingdom is to live burning. I'm going to say it again, live burning. Jesus said in verse 7, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They trimmed their lamps because they wanted the light to be turned up. They wanted the fire to burn brightly. They, and, and the reason they did it, why did they trim their lamps so their light would burn brightly? The bridegroom was coming. Turn to your neighbor, hey, hey, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming. Amen? At this point, they trimmed their lamps, and the unwise, the foolish, the hard-headed, now i got plenty of time, I can do this in my own time, I can deal with this. Those, the unwise, the hard-headed, realized they didn't have enough oil. They hadn't prepared. They had slumbered and slept before they had prepared. The wise were burning brightly because they were full of oil. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, in 1.6 and 7, it says, For this reason I remind you, listen to this, church. I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God, 
which is the Holy Spirit. Notice he it doesn't say that, and God will fan into flames. No, it is a personal responsibility of a believer, of a follower of Jesus, to fan into flames the gift he has already given us called the Holy Spirit, Amen. which is in you through the laying on my hands, Paul says, for, the, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but the spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. That word self-discipline means a sound mind or mindfulness. Are you hearing me? The point, most of us will quote that scripture. We'll, we'll quote, quote 2 Timothy 1.7 and we'll say, but God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But we don't understand why. Why do we have, the, why do we not have to deal with the spirit of fear? Because we have fanned into flames the gift of the Holy Spirit that's within us. We're, the, we're, we're of the wise, the mindful virgins. We're of that group. But I'll tell you, if you're unprepared, if you're hard-headed, you'll have that spirit of fear. And it'll come upon you. And you can quote it, you can, but you're unprepared for the bridegroom. Are you hearing me, church? The word fan here means to kindle. It means to start, to ignite a fire. But it also means to foster. Every one of us, are, it's incumbent upon every one of us to foster that fire of the Holy Spirit within us. It's a personal responsibility that we have in our relationship with God. We need to, we need to foster that fire within us. To live burning means to foster the fire. To do whatever you need to do to keep the fire burning, pursuing God, seeking God, prayer and worship and, and the word and, and get your mind off of all the issues and stuff in the world and set your mind on the kingdom of God. Get into prayer, get into worship, get into his word. See, this, this is what he's referring to by being mindful of the kingdom. It's what always fills you. In fact, you have to kind of sometimes say, but Lord, 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 I, I, I do have to go to work. But even at work, it's, it's the thing that's still overwhelming us because we're overflowing to those around us. Is this making any sense, church? Amen. See, I want to ask you today, is your, is your lamp burning? Is your lamp burning? Are you fanning into flames the fire of the Holy Spirit? I want to challenge you, church, to live burning. Live burning. The third characteristic I see here of these virgins, of those living mindful of the kingdom, is to live watchful. Amen. To live watchful. Jesus says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. How many know Jesus is coming back soon? Jesus is coming back soon. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is coming back soon. It's a promise. He says, if I go, I will come again. It's a promise. He is coming back. But the word watch here is a Greek word that means to be awake, to be alert, to be aware. Awake, alert, and aware of what? The kingdom, his presence, 
his activity and his and and for us to be prepared be prepared first peter 4 7 says but the end of things is is at hand i'm gonna say that again he says there the end of all things is where it's at hand it's close therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers be serious Watchful for God in everything. Now, most of us, when we think about this, we think, okay, I'm watching for his return. But how about just being watchful? Where's he at? Where's he at? Wake up every day and it's, oh, Lord, I know you're here someplace. Where are you at? Where are you at, God? I need you, Lord. Being watchful of what he's doing. You know, that you know, sometimes we think of things, we think of things that may not be good. We think of things that God is doing as natural. God's speaking to you. He's giving you signs all the time. Are you looking? Are you watchful for what he's speaking to you? Are you watchful of the signs he's showing you? You see, being watchful means we're looking for him in everything. We're looking for him. I'll tell you, when you go through a problem or a difficult season, the best thing to do is be watchful. God, I know you're in this. I know someplace, because your word promises that all things work together for the good of those who love you. And God, I love you. And I'm going to find you in the midst of this problem. I'm going to find you in the midst of this issue. I am looking for you. Of course, we're also be watchful for his return. Every day, God, you can come back right now. There are days, God, you can come back right now. <laughs> right? Is that only me? I'd be happy right now, Lord, just come right on back. But regardless, every day, we're saying, Lord, I know you can come today. The point of this parable is you know neither the day nor the hour of Christ's return. Be ready. Live full, church. Live full. Stop living empty. Stop living half full. Decide today you're going to live full. You're going to live full. Set a fire on your life. Set that oil on fire today. Oh, Lord, I, I love new believers, but the best new believer is an old believer that's reset their fire. Let's be a church of new believers even no matter how long, let's be a church of new believers where just let the excitement of God just pour into this place. Are you watchful? Are you watchful for his presence? Come in on a Sunday morning going, oh, God's going to be here today. Man, I, God's going to be here today. This is going to be so wonderful. I can't wait to experience the presence of God. Wake up every day in your own home. I'm, I'm going to get on my patio. I'm going to go for a walk. But I'm looking for God the whole way. I know his presence is going to take me by surprise. How many have ever had that? Been out someplace and all of a sudden you just feel the overwhelming flood of the presence of God in your, it takes you by surprise. How about looking for that every day? Amen. How about being watchful for that every day? I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back. And You see, I look around this room, and, and I, don't, I don't know those who are online with us today, but I know there are people in this church 
some who've been living for the Lord for a few years, some for many, many years, who right now are full. They're living full. They're living on fire. For those of you, I'm saying keep that flame burning because there's others. There's others that may be empty and they need that flame burning. There's others that need their their cup filled. You see, sometimes we go through life and life wants to tear us down and and, and it wants to cause us to stop. It wants us to focus on this problem and that problem and this problem in the world and that issue. And he says, no, set your mind on things above all the time, all the time. And I'm going to tell you, there's others here who need you to speak into them, speak into them the goodness of God, the truth of God, until their cup is starting to fill. And until you see them overflowing, I'm going to tell you, church, that is what God wants for us. There's an old proverb that says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. You know, journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. I'm going to ask all of you just to stand to your feet today. I want you just to lift your hands and see yourself See yourself as as this glass up here. We lift our hands and, and we just say, God, fill me. Fill me with the oil of the Lord. Fill me today, Holy Spirit. Fill me. I, I told you it's a personal responsibility. And God is saying, he says, you know, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you'll call on him, he will be found. So we lift our hands and we just cry out, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, today for every person here. God, whether they're empty, half full, or even they think they're full, but but Lord, I pray that every one of us would be filled to overflowing right now today. Holy Spirit, come and fill us to overflowing. I pray, Lord, today that we, that every person in this church that every one of us, even those that are at home, I pray that this week, today, this week, you will be so overwhelmed by the presence of God that you'll have to force yourself to do other things that you have to do. God, overwhelm us, apprehend us, Lord, today in your presence. I'm going to ask you just to take a moment. We're going to worship. I'm going to ask if you guys would just lead us just in a worshipful song. And as we do, I want you to see yourself as this cup. It's a cup of oil. You're a cup of oil. Ask God to fill it. And then fan into flames. Call on him. Set me afire, God. Set me afire. And determine today, as you leave here, I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to be an overflowing river of life wherever I go. I'm going to be on fire and I'm going to be watchful what you're doing, God. So let's just take a few moments. Let's seal 
Let's seal what God has spoken and is doing in each of our lives right now this morning. In Jesus' name.